0: all things new orleans saints this is who Dat discussion powered by overtime media what is up who Dat nation welcome into the 200th episode here at the who Dat discussion as always i'm your host andrew Galata. You can follow me on Twitter at Andrew Galata, and then also you can follow the podcast on Twitter at Dis. and this episode is, I think, a benchmark here for the Saints in this 2020 season, not only because it's my 200th episode, but the Saints are in the final stages to sign to Davion Clowney, and that is just huge, huge news that we're going to talk all about this episode, we're also going to do my final 53-man roster projection, as the Saints have to cut down to 53 by Saturday. So they're going to be doing that. So I'm going to give my final projections, and that's what this episode's going to be in store for because my original plan for this episode was to do, like, the second half of our season preview and then also the 53-man roster preview. But Jadavian Clowney had different plans, and I think when looking back... At this season, I think you're going to go back to my 200th episode here. Like, if, if you're listening all this time and you want to see, oh, like, what was the big moment where everyone was like, the Saints could really make a run here, I think you're going to turn back to this episode because this is just a huge, huge signing. And we're just going to jump right into it because it came out today. Nader Murphy was the first person on it, and he's been the first person all this time. He's been on it for months, so definitely. Um, respect to him, hats off to him, because he's been on this first, so definitely, if you haven't already, follow him, follow what he's doing, because he's been first here on, really, this whole situation, so definitely check out what he is doing with this clowny situation, because, look, when the deal that I bet is official, and it's like, actually, he signed it, I bet Nader would be the first one, because he just seems like he's just a little earlier than everyone else, so if you want that breaking news, definitely check him out. But it was also reported by Tom Pelissero and Ian Rappaport that the Saints are going an all-out blitz for Clowney, which is huge. The Saints are trying to now kind of restructure some contracts, asking players to like, okay, could we move around a little bit? Because Clowney is kind of getting a $10 million deal. Like, that's the deal that's right now on the table that was, I think, being worked out. It's going to be one year, $10 million. The Saints only have $7 million right now in cap. So they have to move around some money. But there's no doubt that the Saints can't do that. And I think Clowney's going to be in the black and gold. It just seems like that's going to be the case here. And this is just huge. And honestly, it, 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 it's, it's a move that Super Bowl teams make in a Super Bowl or a bust year to really get going. Because people over the last week were saying, oh, they're going to trade Kamara. Like, how can you be Super Bowl or bust if you trade your best running back? That was never going to happen. And like, basically what the Saints did was just a big, like, <laughs> a stiff arm to the face to all the haters here by adding another guy. And you add Clowney, a star, and this is right after the Bucks add um, Leonard Fournette, so this is like, and we're like just right after. It. It's like you want to make a move, well, we'll also make a move, probably for a better player too, a Pro Bowl type player in Clowney, and he's a guy that I think could take this Saints defensive line. I think they're they're the best in the league with Clowney. Now you obviously have to get this deal done. It's not at the finish line yet, but it's very very close. Supposedly Clowney's looking at real estate spots in New Orleans, so I bet that it's, to me, getting close to a deal. There are two other teams interested, the Titans and Jaguars, but it seems like Clowney wants to play for his, the Saints. That's his first destination. And it seems like now that they agreed to a contract in principle, so it seems like that's going to get done. But I bet if it all falls apart, that's when you see him going for the Titans. That's when you see him going for the Jaguars. But I think right now the Saints are the front runner. Look what Rappaport said. Look what Tom Pelissero said. They're all saying that basically the Saints are sending an all-out blitz to get Clowney. And that's huge. And when looking at this, it's something that's, to me, just a huge signing. When you look at Clowney, he's a guy that's going to come up in here and really help the Saints defensive line take the next step. Not only in talent, because obviously he does that, but then also what he does is that he comes up in here and brings great depth. We know that the Saints, especially across the defensive line, have had some injury problems in the past. And now you just see what Clowney can do. All the talent he has, he can definitely come up in here and be a difference maker, and be that extra depth piece that the Saints really um, need here, especially when you're going for the Super Bowl, and you're really trying to make a run at it here, and I think he's a guy that, look, this defensive line's going to be difficult to block, it just is, there's too much star power, there's too much depth, tell me a defensive line that's better right now, I don't think there's anyone, because you have Cameron Jordan, you have Marcus Davenport, Davion Clowney, then you have Sheldon Rankins, David Onyamata, Malcolm Brown. I mean, the list goes on even after that. Trey Hendrickson. Then you have Mario Edwards Jr. And then you have Carl Granison, who's having a great camp. And it really just the list goes on. Shy Tuttle. Malcolm Roach is another guy really is sky's the limit for this group, and Clowney, he's a guy that's a really good run defender as well, I think he fits the mold of a Saints defensive lineman really well, big physical guy, has all the tools, and is kind of just also really good in the run, and also he's getting his pass rushing really down pat, like the actual moves and everything, he's getting like fine-tuning that, and it seems like Clowney is definitely um, on that road, and I think he could have a big year with the Saints, and again, I don't think the Saints need a ton out of him, but Look, to have an insurance policy as to Davion Clowney, just in case of an injury, it's just huge. He just brings an extra dimension here to this Saints defense. And look, if the Saints defensive line's clicking, to me, especially when you have a back end with Marshawn Lattimore, Engenoris Jenkins, Marcus Williams, Malcolm Jenkins as well, I mean, it's going to be tough to beat for offenses. And then you obviously. Ed, Demario Davis, who is a top five, a top three linebacker, I really should say not even just top five. He's probably top three at that point. You have Anzalone returning, you have Zach Bond coming in here. I really feel like it. sky's the limit for this Saints um, defensive, this whole defensive unit, in my opinion, not just defensive line. And this is a move that just super bust teams make. And it's huge. And to me, that's something that I think Clowney sees, a reason that Clowney, I think, wants to come to the Saints is that they play a lot of primetime games. He's going to get a lot of exposure, and if he makes some really big plays, like Clowney's known to make those splash plays, like if he does that on primetime TV, we all know that the media is going to be watching, and other teams are going to be watching, and he's definitely a guy that's going to step right in here and do anything needed to win, because I think when looking at this one-year deal with him, it's a prove-it deal, and he's going to be so motivated, not only so he can get that next contract, but also to win a Super Bowl. Because if you remember correctly, when the Seahawks lost in the second round last year, he said, I just want to win a Super Bowl. I want a Super Bowl. Like, that that was the thing that he was saying after that loss, and I bet that hasn't changed. So really right now, I feel like the Saints are getting just this ultra-motivated clowny that will do anything for this team to win, anything to really help his personal stock, help the Saints in this year as well. And even last year, when he didn't have that great year as kind of the Seahawks' number one pass rusher, like only had three sacks, and was a guy that really didn't stuff up the box score, but he was still able to do a lot of great things, and he was able to have a very high PFF grade. I mean, going back to that 2019 season, 87.3 PFF grade, 81 run defense grade, 79 uh, pass rushing grade, and then you go back to 2018, where he had a huge year, nine sacks, he only... Had a two-better point difference here with an 89 PFF grade overall. Had a 91.5 run defense grade and a 79.7 pass rush grade. So not that much of a huge difference. And you're thinking a lot of those chances in 2018 he was able to hit on. 2019 wasn't able to hit on. And pass rushing and getting sacks is just like a split-second difference. But that doesn't mean you could still make impacts on the ball. And especially late in the season, he was doing really good stuff for the Seahawks and was really being in disruptive force. So I think he needed to take some time just to like, okay, I'm the number one guy. I have to be the main disrupting force. And he really hasn't had to do that in the years past. So I think that it just took him some time for it to like all click. But I think at the end of the day, he was able to do like a really good job. And he was coming in here and was successful at the end of the day, even with the Seahawks. And I think that's why he didn't get paid big because he only had three sacks. But especially down the stretch, he was playing really good. I mean, he did have four force fumbles that year as well. So I don't think he even had a bad season with the Seahawks. Now that was as a number one guy, which he wasn't used to. Then you go back to his days with the Texans, three straight Pro Bowls. You see really good seasons. I mean, between those three years, you're at 24.5 total sacks, which is obviously a really solid number, especially as a number two guy. So I think he flourishes more in that role. And that's the role he's going to be playing this year opposite Cameron Jordan. And also is going to be a complimentary piece with Davenport as well. So I see him returning more to that Houston days, than less last year, because last year he had to be that main force, and I think probably at the beginning, it was a lot of pressure for him, especially because he didn't play training camp with them, and like, he was learning a new system, plus being the number one guy, that's a lot on your plate, and I think by the end of the season, he got it, but it took him some time. Now, with the Saints, yes, he's not going to have a training camp, and the Saints obviously would be a new team, but he wouldn't be the number one guy, he wouldn't be the main disrupting force, they have Cameron Jordan, they have Marcus Davenport, they have Sheldon Rankins, David Onyamata. Like, the Saints have a lot of other pieces there, so there won't be any pressure on Javion Clowney. And he's obviously ultra-motivated, probably just as much as last year, if not more. And he wants to win a Super Bowl. It's just, like, a perfect situation for him. It's a perfect situation for the Saints that wanted to bolster their depth. They wanted to get better at the defensive line. And they were able to do that here late here before the season. And that's huge. And that's something that I think we all have to look at. And the Saints have really done everything in their power this year, to get into the Super Bowl and to win a Super Bowl. And I think, I mean, on paper, they did enough, in my opinion. This defense is outstanding. I mean, they have all the pieces. You have all the pro bowlers. You have all the stars. You have great depth. I mean, this defense should be the best in the Drew Brees, Sean Payton era. And I'm not even saying that to just, like, bolster them up and as being a homer. Like, this defense is really good. And really what the the Saints team has done, they've just gotten better and better and better. And I think they're going to take the next step again and the offense, really the same thing, like, they bolstered their offense, they really, they added Emmanuel Sanders, added Ty Montgomery, added Eric McCoy, like, this is really big, and right now, the Saints, especially after the Bucks added Leonard Fournette and bolstered their new-look team even more, the Saints then, like, okay, we got a response for that, we got to Davion Clowney, a better player, a three-time Pro Bowler, it's, a, it's an amazing move, and honestly, This really means a lot here to the Saints. I think that having Clowney is going to be really big. I think it's going to pay dividends. I think he's going to have a good season, especially alongside Cameron Jordan. I think he's going to get more one-on-one opportunities. And then you add Marcus Davenport to that. I bet Davenport's going to learn a ton from Clowney, who plays in a very similar way. Honestly, I just feel like it's sky's the limit here. And I'm not going to put any predictions to see what Clowney's going to do. But if he's on the field for the Saints, on the practice field for the Saints starting Monday and he plays week one, and let's say he gets a sack against Tom Brady, like that would just be music to my ears because the Saints have made all the responses to the Bucs. They've had a really sneaky good free agency. Just go and look of what this team did in free agency. They re-signed some of their guys. You re-signed Andrews Pete, You re-signed David Onyemata, which was really big. You obviously re-signed Drew Brees as well. Then you added Emmanuel Sanders. You got your wide receiver too, which was a big hole last year. You added Malcolm Jenkins replacing Von Bell and probably having an upgrade over Von Bell or at least being the same as Von Bell because I think Jenkins fits perfectly in the Saints defense, especially the secondary because obviously the Saints have had some young guys in the secondary between Lattimore and Marcus Williams and sometimes they've been out of place and Jenkins is going to really help that like really great players like Marcus Williams, especially really great player, but has just been out of position sometimes. Jenkins will help fix that, and I think that's going to be really big, so that's a good addition. Then you add Ty Montgomery on top of that, who's going to be a guy that comes in here and hopefully helps this offense as well. Then you draft Eric McCoy, who's going to be part of your interior offensive line of the future. You add Zach Bond, who's going to be a linebacker of the future. He fell in the draft. The Saints moved up to get him. That's a great move with amazing value, and then you get Adam Troutman as well with amazing value, who hopes to be your tight end of the future. This is really big. Ed Clowney on top of that? It's amazing. And hopefully an Alvin Kamara resign as well and contract extension? That would be amazing. Like, one of the best Saints off-seasons we've seen in a while. So that would just be huge. Like, hats off to Mickey Loomis. Hats off to Sean Payton. Hats off to this whole Saints front office because... If they finish the deal on Clowney, and I think they will, it's really just sky's the limit for this Saints team because they built a Super Bowl contender and one that's a real force to be reckoned with. So, I mean, all I can say is who dat, baby. Like, get ready for this 2020 season. It's going to be a good ride. I can just feel it. And right now, adding Clowney to the mix, it, it, that's like the icing on top of the cake here to finish this offseason. We're ready to go for 2020. Come at us, Bucks! We are ready to rumble. So that is what I have to say about the Jadavion Clowney situation and how he is in the final stages of coming to the Saints. But before we get into my final 53-man roster projection, we are going to take a quick break. You are listening to the Who Dat Discussion Podcast. Learn more at microsoft.com slash AI for all. Welcome back into the Houdat discussion. And now we're going to get into my final 53-man roster projection. So we're just going to get right into it, starting off with the quarterbacks. And the quarterbacks are the same. Drew Brees, Jameis Winston, Taysom Hill. All the same there. And these three guys, I think, will make it. I'm not really going to get into... Really much into this quarterback room. We've talked a ton about them in the offseason. Breeze, obviously, your starter. I think if Breeze got hurt for like that five game period like he did last year, I see Jameis Winston coming in. The Saints have been raving about Jameis Winston. And I think Taysom's obviously there as kind of the guy that's going to do a ton of different things. He's played obviously tight ends, he's been on special teams. We all know what Taysom does. And basically, the Saints have Jameis, so Taysom can continue that jack-of-all-trades role here for the Saints. So those three guys are the group. We all knew it coming in. Really no surprises there. The running back's kind of the same here. It's the same four that I had before. Alvin Kamara, Latavius Murray, Ty Montgomery, and then Michael Burton as the fullback. Same thing really there. Obviously, everyone's been talking about the AK contract situations here and how there were rumors about the Saints possibly trading him. But it seems like that's not going to happen. And like obviously the contract holdout. But honestly, at the end of the day, I don't think any of that's happening. I think the Saints will end up giving him that long-term deal here. And I think it seems like it's going to happen before the season starts. So I think AK is your full number one back. You have Latavius Murray as your two. Tom Montgomery's kind of as that third running back, but also kind of catching the ball as a receiver, doing a lot of different things here for the offense. I think he could be a nice jack-of-all-trades player as well and then Michael Burton that fullback we all know how much the Saints like to use that fullback Zach Line retired at the end of last season so Burton's going to step right in there and fill that role and I think he'll do that just fine probably to the same level of line move it over to the receivers and this is where we have some changes so at the beginning in our first roster projection we had Michael Thomas Emmanuel Sanders Traquan Smith Deontay Harris and Benny Fowler and that's going to stay the same But I'm actually going to add little Jordan Humphrey here to this group. I think that the Saints are going to add him instead of keeping Tommy Stevens on the roster. I think Stevens just is a little too raw here to be on the active roster. I think the Saints are going to take their best 53 guys. And at this point, I don't think Stevens is one of them. I think he's a prime practice squad player because I think the Saints... We'll probably implement him probably, I think, once the season starts and, like, gets going. I could see it just, like, as he continues to develop, then they'll put him in certain roles and eventually on the active roster, but I think right now he's been very, very raw. Now, he is coming along, and he had his best practice today, according to Nick Underhill, so that's obviously really great stuff, so maybe he'll make this roster, but right now I'm going to give it to the guy that's achieved more and is a good blocker, with little Jordan Humphrey. He's a guy that I think Drew Brees trusts, especially like the Saints love those blocking wide receivers. And that's why I'm going to pick him to win this battle over Stevens. And even though Stevens is a tight end and you have Humphrey as wide receiver, it was really like, would Stevens as the fourth tight end take over the role of like that sixth receiver? And right now I'm going to give the edge to Humphrey as a player that's played in the system, does some good things that Saints coaches like, And that's why I'm going to keep Humphrey here. Moving over to the tight ends here, I'm going to keep three. Jared Cook, Josh Hill, and Adam Troutman. And we knew that these three guys were definitely going to make the team. I think it's one of the best groups in all of the NFL. These guys are really, really solid. And honestly, I can't wait to see what they do on the field. Moving over to the offensive line here. And very, very similar from the last time. And to me, this is what it's going to be for the Saints. This is actually the same group that I put out for the Saints in my last projection. And it's going to be Armstead, Pete, Eric McCoy. Then you have Cesar Ruiz, Ryan Ramchek, Nick Easton, Patrick Omame. Then you have Will Clapp. And then finally, it's either going to be Ethan Greenwich or Calvin Throckmorton. I'm going to go Ethan Greenwich to start. And then I think once James Hurst serves his suspension, I think that he's going to come up here and probably take Greenwich's spot as one of the backup tackles here. But right now, this is kind of the group that I think it's going to be. Same, really, as last time. And I think the big kind of battle going into this was Will Clapp or Cameron Tom. Really haven't heard a lot of either of them, but I'm just going to go Will Clapp because we saw him play last year. I think he was getting better last year, and I expect him to continue to grow and get better here in this 2020 season. I hope he did. We really didn't hear a lot about him in the practices, and we really didn't hear a lot about Cameron Tom as well. So right now, I'm going to keep Clapp instead of Tom because Tom's coming off a major injury, missed all of last season. And we actually saw Clap play last season and actually saw him take some snaps here in, you know, live game time in the regular season. So that's why I'm going to take Clap right now over Tom. But those are the guys that I'm going to take right now. And I think that we saw the offensive line kind of be very steady here like especially the starters in this training camp period the only thing was really the pete injury and pete is back ready to go and he's full back and he's full practicing and he should be a full go in week one so that's obviously really great and now we're gonna move over to the defense here starting off with the defensive line and To me, this line is, as I said before, completely loaded. It's going to be Cameron Jordan, Marcus Davenport, Jadavion Clowney, if he finishes the signing. But right now, I'm going to put him in here. And this is not to, like, jinx anything, obviously, knock on wood. But I'm going to explain it all after here. But Clowney, if he signs, I'm going to put him in here because it seems like they're definitely close on a deal. So I don't want to do this projection without mentioning him. So if he signs, Clowney. Then Rankins, Onyemata, Trey Hendrickson, Shai Tuttle. And then the last spot, I'm going to go with Carl Granderson. And that leaves Mario Edwards on the outside looking in. I think if Clowney ends up not signing with the Saints, I think Mario Edwards does make this team. But if Clowney signs, I see Edwards getting cut compared to Granderson. I think this is an interesting battle here between Granderson and Edwards. Granderson, obviously the younger player, has showed out big time here in training camp, I think he's one of those training camp darlings on the defense, like he showed out big time, Edwards hasn't been bad, but it hasn't been great, I think he is really good depth, but I think right now the Saints are more likely to give a shot to Granderson, see if he can do it in the regular season, because he's been really getting better and better with the reps he's gotten, so you're hoping he continues to do that, and I think at this point in the career of Granderson, in the career of Mario Edwards, Granderson definitely has that higher upside, So, especially in that last defensive end spot, or defensive line spot, I really should say, you really want to try to untap that with Granderson, and then hopefully Mario Edwards, he stays close to the team, maybe hits a practice squad spot, like, I don't know what's going to happen there, but he can be really depth just in case injury happens and stuff like that. Now, obviously, he can get signed for sure, and I think that a lot of teams would probably like his services, but right now, I think... Between the two guys, I'd rather see Granderson make the roster and really try to untap his potential than keep a guy that definitely gives really good depth. I really like Mario Edwards, and this kind of definitely hurts to kind of keep him off this roster, but that just shows how deep this Saints defensive line is. And right now, I'd rather go with the hot player, the player that's doing really, really good right now, that is just looking like he's taking that next step, than the player that's more of a veteran type guy. That definitely gives you depth, but definitely has less potential than the young kid. So that's why I'm going to go with Granderson there. So those are my defensive linemen. With Clowney, I would keep Granderson over Edwards. If there's no Clowney, I'd keep both. So that's just really what I'm thinking there. Moving over to the linebackers. Also some changes here because the Saints cut Nigel Bradham. So Bradham's not on the 53-man roster. I thought he was going to be. So that definitely adds some changes here. So I'm going to go with Demario Davis. Alex Anzalone, then you have Zach Vaughn, and then I'm going to add Kiko Alonso if there, if he comes off the pup list. If he doesn't come off the pup list, then we're going to make some changes at the end, but if he's on the roster, I'd have him on the roster, and then also two other guys, Caden Ellis, and then also Craig Robertson. If Alonso doesn't make this team, I'm going to go with Joe Bashi, and obviously Alonso wouldn't make the team if he's injured so that's the only reason he wouldn't make this team. So really the replacement to Kiko Alonso would be Joe Bashi. A guy that could play special teams, is really good depth and the Saints linebacking coach Michael Hodges has raved about Joe Bashi so much so I think he's going to get a shot here especially if Alonso was hurt and if Alonso's not and he's ready to go, I do see Bashi being a prime practice squad candidate. He's a player that a lot of people thought would get drafted, ended up not getting drafted. And the Saints hopefully got a good talent here and a talent that should have been drafted in the undrafted free agent pool. So that's obviously really, really big there. So the main changes was because Bradham was cut, it adds that extra spot. So that's when we could add guys like Caden Ellis or Joe Bashi. And then Joe Bashi made this team really because of a Kiko Alonso injury. If Kiko Alonso was healthy then I think Bashi goes to the practice squad, so that's just one I'm thinking there with the linebackers, moving over to the secondary, again more of the same here, and it's really the same group for me, it's going to be Marshawn Lattimore, Janoris Jackrabbit Jenkins, then you have Marcus Williams, Malcolm Jenkins, then you have C.D. Deuce, P.J. Williams, Patrick Robinson, and JT Gray, Justin Hardy, and DJ Swearinger, and that keeps Keith Washington on the outside of the roster, which really pains me to say that, because he has six picks here in training camp, but right now, I think he's a prime practice squad candidate as well, it's just like, look, I mean, right now, I think a lot of people thought he would take Patrick Robinson's spot, but Robinson has been playing amazing, like, P-Rob has been really good, and I think, Right now, especially how this Saint secondary is constructed, I'd rather see P-Rob there. And, like, if you needed a plug-and-play type player, I'd rather see P-Rob there. And maybe long-term it's Keith Washington, but right now, as good as Patrick Robinson's playing, we've seen him play at a high level before. That's the thing. Like, Patrick Robinson hasn't been able to put it together as a Saint, but we've seen him on other teams on the Eagles, like, really be a solid corner. And if he can just bring that to the Saints this year, that would really go a long way depth-wise. And, again, I think that, especially him playing really good in training camp, makes you think that that's a possibility. And he can bring really good depth to this team here as that third corner. So, like, right now, as the secondary is constructed, I'd love to see that veteran player there as your backup corner And I think that Robinson has shown enough to stay on this roster, but it's really like a toss-up because both guys have played really good. But I think in this situation, I'd rather have the veteran player in Robinson who has shown it in the past, especially when you need a player that, let's say, like, right after an injury has to go into a game and has to compete, especially with the Saints this year, every game matters to the utmost importance. Like, you would love to have that veteran there ready to go. He's confident in his abilities, And it's like not the first time he's playing on an NFL field. I think all of that really just goes into the Saints keeping Robinson there. So that's really what I think. Nothing really else here. The Saints aren't going to keep Saquon Hampton over DJ Swearinger. Hampton really hasn't shown that much here in training camp up to this point. Swearinger has played really good. So he's another veteran player that I would love to see make this roster because he's a guy that's had a ton of success with other teams. And you're hoping that in a depth role, he can bring it to the Saints. And I think that's definitely possible there. So I'm happy that the Saints kept him. And then the final three players here of the 53-man roster, Will Lutz, Thomas Morstead, and Zach Wood. We knew all those, and that's going to stay the same there. So that's the 53-man roster. That's what I think. And we're going to hear the full 53-man roster. That's the Saints you know, roster to go here for next week's game against the Bucks. On Saturday, so definitely check out my social media and all the other great Saints accounts for updates on the final 53-man roster for the Saints. But before we wrap up this show, this is the 200th episode here at the Houdat Discussion, and another really big milestone for the podcast. And I just wanted to say thank you again to the Houdat Discussion as we embark here on now my third Saints season with the Houdat discussion going on. And I just love this podcast so much. Love making them, love interacting with the fans and the Houdat nation. You guys have been outstanding and just, I'm going to keep growing it, keep taking it to the next step. And honestly, just really excited to see what this podcast can bring into the future. Love to see really what this saints team could bring here in the future in 2020. And I really hope you guys join me in the future and embark on this journey of this 2020 season. And honestly, I just can't wait for it to happen. So thank you again. Thank you. If this is your first episode listening, or you've been listening all the way since the first episode, just thank you so much from the bottom of my heart. You guys are the best. And you guys are the reason that this podcast is still around 200 episodes in. But I think with all that said, it is time to wrap up this podcast. If you like what we're doing here at The Who Dat Discussion and haven't followed us on our various social media platforms, you can follow us on Twitter at The Who Dis, on Instagram at Who Dat Discussion. Also, you can follow me personally on Twitter at Andrew Gulotta. And then also, you can listen to this podcast wherever you get all your other podcasts. So that means iTunes, Google Play, and then also Spotify as well, and really any other site like Stitcher and really any of those we are on. So another jam-packed episode here, Saints nearing a deal with Clowney is just really huge news, I talked about it obviously in length in the beginning, and that's something that I'm just extremely excited about, it's just like a win now, Super Bowl or bust move, and when your team, your favorite team makes moves like that, it's honestly the best feeling, so definitely love that there, and then also we talked about the 53-man roster projection here, and we'll really see how that all plays out on Saturday when the official 53-man roster comes out. But that's all I have in store for you guys on this episode. So I just want to say thank you guys for listening, run it back, and who dat.